before kids, I struggled naturally with just presence, with just staying in the moment. And if they've taught me anything, it is the importance of, of being present, of the now being all that you should be focused on, especially when you're in the mix with them. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. This week's The Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Belly. Attention all dads-to-be. It's time to supercharge your journey to fatherhood with Belly Prenatal for Men. Why belly? Because sperm counts and you're 50% of the pregnancy equation. This is your legacy, so why not bring the best genes you can to the whole baby-making process? It's an easy way to support your partner, optimize your fertility, promote healthy sperm, and give your future little you a great start to life. Visit babybelly.com now and get ready to rock the adventure of fatherhood with Belly by your side. Belly, where fatherhood truly begins. What's going on, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have Connor Welsh. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? I'm great, Art. Thanks for having me, man. This is exciting. Yeah, man. Looking forward to chatting with you about Goosebumps. I got to preview it. It's going to be on Disney Plus and Hulu. It's an awesome series, and it, and it's kind of cool because it's it's kind of like modernized, you know, Goosebumps of books and all that. But it's it's we're gonna get into that in a second. But I want to talk to you about your father's journey, like bringing good guys like yourself to talk about fatherhood. So. When you found out you were going to be a dad, Connor, what was going through your mind, sir? Oh, man. Well, I was excited and terrified, as I think most people are with that news. I'm a guy who always knew I wanted to be a dad and who has kind of been obsessed with babies, even little tiny infants, since I was little. You know, I was always the one at family reunions as a teenager who was playing with the little kids. And so, uh, yeah, to, to... the prospect of having my own little ones was uh, was really, really thrilling. But I knew that my life would be turned upside down as soon as it arrived. I had no idea how much to that extent, but it's certainly been a wild and awesome and crazy ride so far. Nice. Yeah. It's cool when you're playing with them and being like the cool, like, you know, relative, uncle, whatever the case may be. But then when you're on, it's like, all right, things are getting real heavy, right? <laughs> totally. And nonstop. You know, it's one thing to be able to to leave after a fun dinner party and let the parents, you know, do bedtime. It's an entire another thing to be responsible for bedtime and then morning time and then afternoon time. So yeah, it's a, it is a, an endless and tiring, but amazing thing. Awesome, man. Talk about some of the values you're looking to instill into them as they're growing up. Yeah. I mean, I think just respectful and loving of, of others, frankly, you know, I feel like if, uh, if my any of my children, I have three, I have an 11 year old daughter, an eight year old daughter and a five year old son. And so, you know, I feel like if uh, if there was ever a kid in a in a lunchroom who didn't have a sandwich, if they shared half of theirs, I've won like that. If, if, if everything that I've sort of uh, taught them and, and shown them could lead to to something like that, like true empathy uh, in that way, I think uh, I would count that as the biggest win, frankly. Connor, I love that. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's always good for you know for us to think our kids are great, but then especially like you mentioned school, like if your teachers or people that like faculty or staff come up to you and be like, "Hey, your son, your daughter did this," you're like, "Awesome, they're listed, right?" So that's the totally, <laughs> totally. And it's one thing you know to be proud about uh, an impressive drawing or scoring a goal in the youth soccer game, but my son came home yesterday 
uh, and shared that he was awarded the cot being good uh, because he had uh, he had noticed a classmate doing something in the correct way and complimented him in front of the rest of the class. And uh, that to me is, you know, the medal uh, of all medals right there. Yeah, no doubt, man. Love that. So kind of flipping the script, what is something that your kids have taught you about life or yourself that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad? Oof, that is a good question. Well, I think I, um, my, uh, my general wiring is such that, uh, that I'm kind of constant forward movement. Uh, you know, there's a lot of work. It's what's the next project. It's how are we, how are we getting this project to the finish line? Uh, you know, it's, it's really forward thinking and forward moving. And, uh, before kids, I struggled, uh, naturally, uh, with just presence, with just staying in the moment. And if they've taught me anything, it is the importance of, of being present, of, of the now being all that you should be focused on, especially when you're in the mix with them uh, and not necessarily racing to the next thing, but just appreciating, uh, yeah, appreciating the moment. Love it, man. One more question before we get into goosebumps. Dad hacker piece of advice, new dads listen, new parents listen to this. What would you offer to them? Sleep while you can. <laughs> Sleep while you can, man. Rest up, bank those hours. Because everyone tells you when, especially like when the, you first get home from that hospital with that tiny little bundle, they're like, you know, be warned, you're not going to get a lot of sleep. What they never tell you is how little sleep that will be and how wildly that will affect your waking hours and everything in between. So I would say thank those sleeping hours because uh, they'll be tough to come by in the months to come. Awesome. Yeah. Even nowadays they have the technology where they'll put something underneath the crib or underneath their like, you know, incline or whatever. That'll be like, yeah, they're breathing. Like when I, when my kids were little, cause they were 15 and 13 and I'm like, are they breathing? Like, should I be oh, sleeping? You, you know, it's no, like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. So even like you, you wish for deep sleep, please, please let them sleep deeply. And then you wake up because you think they might not be breathing. You know, you wake them up. So yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Love it, man. Another thing I'm digging right now is uh, the Goosebumps series on Disney Plus and Hulu. It, you know, and I think each generation, like these books are very iconic, right? And so I know it's tough for you guys to take, there's been series and shows and movies before, but this one right now, I got to preview. And I, I thought it was really cool because the kids seem like it wasn't the typical thing when I was growing up. It was like the high school jock doesn't like this person. And like there were, the, there's different relationships oh. in different degrees. And I know it's a weird thing, but like, I think especially drawing to kids' attentions, they're like, you guys modern it up and it's not like the same stereotypes when I was growing up, but I love the fact that there's horror, there's suspense. There's obviously the goosebumps feel to it. Talk a little bit about like how you guys look to adapt the series, but also put your unique spin on it, which I think you guys did a great job on. Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, it was important to us that this felt like a show that needed to happen now and didn't just tread on old territory that, you know, had been tread on before with this IP. Cause you know, as you know, there was a C uh, television series back in the nineties. There's obviously a book series, you know, with over 60 books, there were two different movies. So, you know, a lot of stuff had been covered. And so we really wanted this to feel like fresh and new and surprising um, in, in every, in every aspect. So we wanted to, uh, contemporize it. We wanted to make it feel like it, it was happening now. Um, we wanted a blast of the nostalgia. So there's some flashbacks to the 90s when I grew up, when I read these books, when these books first came out. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm glad that you sort of hit on it not being the typical sort of John Hughes 
high school archetypes with Jock rather and the wallflower. Yeah. But we wanted to subvert those as well because these days, uh, that's not the experience of high school. You know, different groups are groups are overlapping. Uh, you know, the jocks aren't always jerks. They can be the president of student council. They can be open and warm and empathetic, just as the skaters can, and and so on and so forth. So it was important to us not to rely on stereotypes, but instead to live in the nuance. And um, and yeah, similarly, the the previous adaptations and iterations had all been anthology anthological so each story was very standalone uh with a close-ended plot with different characters uh embodying it so for us we really wanted to make this a serialized mystery right we wanted the disney plus and hulu audience to jump on board and be desperate to see what happens next um so so yeah we we, we gathered a group of sort of five main high school characters each from different walks of life who wouldn't you know usually sit at the same lunch table but in the first five episodes, each inspired by uh, one of the five most iconic books from the canon, uh, they meet at a Halloween party and stumble across these different totems that they learn are haunting them in some related way. So that by the middle of the season, they realize they have to work together to solve the mystery and uh, and save themselves and the town from these horrors. So uh, so yeah, that was sort of the the endeavor and uh, and hopefully making it as scary and funny as we could throughout. Yeah, I, I think you blend humor and 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 you know the horror themes really well in that. And again, too, it's all about kind of like nuance and like the characters that bring to the table. So the casting process, I know Justin Long, I've seen Rachel Harris and, and things and many things appreciate their work. The kids that you casted of the main, I thought were great because things get lost in translation, even with your friends or girlfriend or the neighbor you grew up with. And I, I just I love the fact that these actors were I thought did a really good job playing these roles. And they think they're trying to tell you the whole story, but they're just giving out their part or their piece of it. And they're like, why aren't you helping me with this? Mm -hmm. And it's like the other person's like, you don't see it from my perspective. And again, it's bring it to now where like, I see, you know, I interact with my kids and their friends and all that other stuff. So just talk about the casting process and how you guys went about doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, 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 the main characters, the five uh, high school uh, high school kids are, I think, will mostly be new faces to to our audience. We auditioned literally hundreds of 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 young adults and and, and teenagers, and really, really lucked out with with the five that we found. They all um, come at it from a very uh, slightly different energy. They all have, you know, very different backgrounds and and uh, different points of view on on life and their you know young adult experience. And we were really lucky that immediately, like day one, there was a there was sort of a magic and a chemistry among the five. Um, so it was really fun to let them bring themselves to the roles. You know, um, the other creators and I are, you know, in our 40s. And so we didn't want this to feel like a high school show that was made by 40 somethings. We wanted this to feel like authentic and real. And so, you know, we had some younger writers in our writer's room. We had these young actors who all like really brought themselves to it. And it was a really collaborative process with them um, that I think led to something that feels really authentic and uh, and real. And um, and yeah, each of the sort of, I think one of the hallmarks of, of R.L. Stein's books are that all of the horrors come from a very grounded, relatable issue, right? Like, the struggles with identity or unrequited love or being a wallflower or 
upholding your popularity. And so those are all like really tangible, relatable issues that I think everyone, certainly high school kids uh, now and in the past have dealt with. And then on top of that, you get to elevate it with these horror elements. So, you know, you get to kind of explode it so it feels bigger and more cinematic and more visceral. But uh, really at the end of the day, what I think the book series is timeless and why hopefully this television show will be as well is that it's really grounded in um, in these relatable issues that I think everybody, um, you know, can connect with. Yeah, a couple more uh, questions before we finish off with the five, quick five. And I, again, I, I, I think you nailed it right there with the different levels of people trying to fit in can almost be a scary thought in itself. Right. But then you add on these horror elements and it's great. Obviously art of fatherhood where I talk about parenting and all that good stuff. It's really cool that you and your oldest daughter kind of someone, you know, the Disney team gave me some really great notes uh, on you and like your oldest and you are bonding over this. So it's cool to have that. Obviously we're getting amazing October and Halloween and all that other stuff. So it's cool to watch the series now, but how cool is it not only for doing, you know, watching the show with her and the idea of like, this is something you produce, but something with your daughter, you can bond over and be like, Hey, what you think? And like, it's an honest take from like what she's going to say, but like, it must be a really cool thing to like have your, your child see something that you've produced in, in, uh, for your work. So talk a little bit about like no. how it is to do that, man. Truly awesome. I mean, just having her now read the books and being able to talk, to me about what she's finding funny and scary and exciting is just, you know, amazing and super lucky. Um, and so, yeah, we really wanted the the series to be the same, to be something that you could sit down together and be eager to see what happens next. And there's something um, just about comedy and horror that is uh, a bonding communal experience. Like those are my two favorite genres uh, to watch in the cinema, for example, because uh, a shared laugh and a shared jump scare is just something that kind of, you know, it, it connects two people or it connects yep. many people. And, uh, and, and those two genres are, are, are similar in their cadence and in their rhythms as well. Like a jump scare in a theater often leads the whole group to sort of giggle together. And yeah. so I'm really excited to have those uh, experiences shared with my daughter in, in front of this, where we're scared together and we're laughing together and we're anticipating what might happen next and holding hands through the tension. So yeah, and, and this for me, you know, Nick Stoller, my partner and I um, have mostly worked in sort of edgier comedy spaces before that were probably not appropriate yet for my kids. Um, so this will <laughs> be the first thing that like is for them and for me and for us together. So that's a really, a really thrilling thing, yeah. Love it, man. Again, you know, you mentioned like comedy and horror movies. So when I'm watching this, obviously I see nods to, of course, Goosebumps and all that. But I feel like, you know, you mentioned the 90s and there's certain aspects from like maybe 90s horror movies when I was growing up or whatever. And I, I love that. When you guys are working with your team, do you guys kind of put some Easter eggs in there that maybe are nods to other horror genres or horror films that you kind of put in there for like, because I, I, I think like I picked up on like, is that kind of this movie or is that kind of like a nod to this book or something? Did you totally. guys get those in there? Absolutely. That was for sure our intention. As, nice. uh, and, and sort of Scream was a bit of a touch point in, ter- in terms of the of the genre bent to it in that it is very self-aware and aware of the tropes, but maybe shifting them on their head a little bit and subverting them. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the crazy thing about Goosebumps is that there are more than 60 books. So R.L. Stein has hit every one of the tropes and every one of the themes, like, you know, like he has covered the bases in terms of the genre. 
So yeah, we tried to hide little Easter eggs throughout, you know, the first five obviously are, um, are inspired by five specific books, but then, you know, we sneak slappy in there halfway through that obviously uh, is directly from, uh, from the series. You know, there are creaky staircases. That's a hallmark of the series. There's haunted houses. That's a hallmark of the series. There's new people to town that maybe aren't what they seem. Um, so yeah, the, the short answer is, you know, Easter eggs hidden for, for fans of the book, uh, book series to be excited about while also hopefully um, things that, that those who maybe aren't as familiar can be, uh, can be delighted by as well. Nice. And it's cool that maybe the kids can point out to the parents like, Oh, this is from this book or this book. And it's like, oh, Definitely. Cool. like they're paying attention. Yeah. 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 For sure. Thank you very much for uh, chatting about fatherhood. And of course, goosebumps talk a little bit about, we're going to finish off with the fatherhood quick five favorite yeah. family movie. Do you guys have one? Gosh, favorite family movie is probably Toy Story 3. Nice. It was, you know, it's one that hopefully uh, Goosebumps checks these boxes and that like it was thrilling and sad and funny and scary for my kids. And it was also thrilling and sad and funny and scary for me. So, yeah, hopefully uh, this does a, a bit of that. But, yeah, I think it's a perfect movie. I think you'll get a kick out of this because we're on the same age. So I interviewed Jerry Holloway Horner, you know, Ginger Spice. She yeah. said that that was her favorite family movie. <laughs> no kidding. Amazing. I knew me and Ginger Spice had something in common. <laughs> Speaking of music, a segue there, uh, you know, favorite family song or is there a band or a genre you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to? Well, we are knee deep in Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo at this moment. Uh, so that has been constant replay coming from them. And I got to say, I have grown to deeply appreciate both of them. Uh, there's a country artist named Zach Bryan, who's a little bit new to the scene that I got really into. And now my kids are really loving as well. Uh, and then some of the old classics that actually we've gotten into our series, like REM and Radiohead, uh, that, you know, were, were, were what I grew up with that are timeless. And now they are, they're digging as well. Well, you had REM in the, in the, in the series too. So that's awesome. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully, you know, hopefully like in the way that sort of stranger things did for Kate Bush and others, like, you know, people can watch Justin Long possessed by a 14 year old dancing to the proclaimers and be like, Hey, what's that song? This is rad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, just to get, you know, the, uh, the algorithms up for all the, cause everything's in Swifty right now, but do you have a favorite Taylor Swift album? Cause I'll admit mine is reputation. Cause my, I, I gotta one. stay with you. I think reputation I, is the one. I think that's <laughs> the one I, I dig them all. I think, uh, gosh, what's the one with the Bonnie Vare track, which is, I think my favorite song. Oh, my Evermore daughter now or... plays on the, that now plays on the piano uh is it evermore or maybe so is that what it's called dun, 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 yeah that's dun, yeah dun, i forgot which album my, my daughter's yeah like, I, they, oh folklore maybe folklore, folklore, folklore yeah, right? yep, there you yeah, go, yep, there you look, go. Nice. look at us getting it look at us getting there to taylor swift this is a superhero with superpowers these days that's for sure no doubt uh describe the perfect family vacation where would it be Oh, good question. But I think it would involve skiing. We uh, we go to a place in southern Vermont um, called Peru that has a, a little ski mountain called Bromley that's super family friendly, you know, owned locally and uh, is where the kids learn to read actually or to, to ski rather over COVID. So I think that uh, that's probably our our most magical uh, memory and vacation destination with a little skiing, a little uh hot cocoa and uh and maybe even some goosebumps 
<laughs> nice. Love it. Speaking of goosebumps, nice. You knew my next question. Favorite goosebumps book for you is? Go eat worms. I still can't look at worms or spaghetti in the same way. There's something super visceral and disgusting and scary. And uh, yeah, I think in our fifth episode, we were able to uh, to take inspiration to the, from that for like a really creepy monster uh, that I'm really proud of and can't wait for the world to see. Awesome, man. So good. And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Oh, uh, loving, present, and kind. Awesome. Great three words right there. People, make sure you check out Goosebumps on Disney Plus and Hulu. Support uh, Connor and the whole team because they did a great job with this series. Thank you again for taking the time. I know, obviously, you're busy doing a lot of media for this, but I wish you and your family continued success. But again, thank you Thanks, for making Art. a series that bridges families together through this and this fun kind of genre. So keep up the good work. Awesome. Sir. Really appreciate appreciate your time, Art. Thanks for having me. No doubt. I want to thank this week's sponsor, Belly, for sponsoring the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I really appreciate their support. And I love the fact that they're looking to help not just women, but also men as they look to start a family. So for more information, make sure you go to their website at bellybaby.com. And while you're on the internet, please rate, subscribe, and review to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. And check out my site at artoffatherhood.net. There's columns on fatherhood, spotlighting dads who are doing things right. There's pop culture stories that I write with my family. There's a lot of other great things you can check out there at my site. And you can also win some cool stuff and get the latest and greatest in all things family. So make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net and rate, subscribe, and review to the Art of Fatherhood podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.